Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. God said live. Rattle. Come on, somebody. Rattle. God said live. When God, when God says live, guess what happens? Rattle. You live. You know, and you know the one that I believe who heard the rattle? Because, you know, they didn't really hear the rattle around. It wasn't, it wasn't like anything inside. But I believe all of hell heard a rattle that they couldn't, uh, couldn't stand. I believe when that began to happen, there was a rattle in hell, hell and they just knew, my God, something, something's happening. They just, they, I believe God just resounded a, a big, huge rattle in hell that they realized, oh gosh, we just lost. We just lost. Wow, 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 wow. Praise God for that. Um, today, we're going to talk about a new fishing hole. A new fishing hole. Um, we, we have been watching the... Uh, the uh, Chosen on Friday nights, and if you hadn't come, it's not too late. It's, get, it's getting to the good part right now. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> I swallowed wrong. That's not the coronas. <coughs> but anyway, but we um, I've been watching it out there, and man, it's so good. It's so powerful, man. It's getting to some real good parts, man. There's some times that man, you just get get cold chills from from when, when God when Jesus speaks and says things, and you know, and and uh, the first week was a foundation. This past week, we we saw how Jesus was in the woods, you know. Be right before his ministry came and how he was kind of preparing and putting fire together and, and how some kids from the town come running around to check on him and want to know who this man was. And he began teaching the children and all that. And uh, then uh, the second episode was all about um, Peter and, and on the boat and, 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 and the fish. And we're going to talk about that today. And the whole episode, second episode was about him calling four of the disciples. Um, and next week is going to be even better. Now, I, I, please, if you haven't come yet, it's not too late. We have a good time, man. We, this past week, we had Bernie's uh, uh, croissants. Man, they were good croissants. Sorry. <clears throat> but they were so good. But so today, I want to talk to you about a new fishing hole. Okay, a new fishing hole. Because sometimes, we get, we get stuck in fishing in the same fishing hole, right? I mean, if you find a spot, that's where you go. If you're a fisherman, or if you're a hunterman, a hunter... Then you go to that spot, right? You find a, the hunting spot. You find a fishing spot. You find a fishing hole. You know, that's where the crawdad hole's at. So you go where you go. So um, that's, what was, that was, that's, that's what we knew, normally do. But I want to talk to you today about a new fishing hole. Because sometimes, how many people know that we get into the rut, the same old thing, and we do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, right? And then what's that? People say that that is insanity. You know, but so, sometimes we need to, to get out of that and go to a new fishing hole. I'll, but before I go with the scripture that John's going to have here in a moment, um, Luke, in Luke chapter 4, one chapter back, my chapter is, is Luke, Luke 5 I want to go to in just a moment. Um, but Luke 4, it says that, that, that at, um, at the synagogue, there was a man that was possessed um, telling Jesus to go away. He said, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Why have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus told him, be quiet and come out of him. Okay, now I want to focus on the be quiet part there a moment. We know that Jesus can look at anything and cast out demons. Just like last week we talked about Mary Magdalene. But, but the, whole, the point was, is he didn't want, he did not want the, the demons to, to prophesy who he was. He knew that the demons knew who he was. He wanted people to recognize that he was the Holy Son of God. So he told him, hey, hush, you, you come, you be quiet and come out of him, right? And so Jesus told him to be quiet and come out of him. Then that's in thir verse, verse 34. Then if you go down a little bit and you go down to verse 38, um, Peter's mom was very sick with a high temperature, okay? 
And some people say that, that they called um, Jesus over. Some people said Jesus just showed up at the door because he, he knew what to do. And, but he walked in there, and Peter's mother-in-law, I said his mom, his mother-in-law, was there sick. And, uh, and Jesus went in there, took her hand, and, and he healed her. Now, this is what's so cool. When Jesus does that, he don't do it halfway. He healed her. She, she went from this high fever, this, this horrible, deathly fever, he healed her. She got up and went and cooked them supper. I mean, immediately. It says she, she got up and, and served them and cooked, and cooked them a meal. And, and right now, I can preach this one little point right here, and it could be a whole sermon. But when Christ does something, when God does something for us, it should push us to serve him more. Huh? Did you, did you get that? When Christ does something for us, whenever we get healed, we get touched, we get ministered to, when his, when his presence is upon our life, that should push us to serve him more. But sometimes we get to the place where he does that and we take it for granted and we don't do anything extra. God touches us and heals us and we're just like, okay, well, thank you, that was great. Now I'm going to keep doing what I do. When it, but when it should push us, his touch, his, menace, his, his, his love in our lives should constantly push us to serve more. Not just serve him, but serve others. Because it says that she served them, including um, uh, Jesus. Now, I want to read Matthew, I mean, uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 real quick. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, um, great crowds pressed in to listen to him, um, listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge for the fishermen um, had left them. They were washing their nets. Stepping um, into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, which is, this is Simon. This is before he became Peter. This is before Jesus says, hey, you are the rock on which I, you know, I'll build my church. Okay, so he's still Simon at this point. So stepping into the one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water a little deeper. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out to where it's even deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon said, we have worked hard all night long and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, King James says, at your word. Everybody say that, at your word, Lord. Um, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, the nets were so full, full of fish, that the nets began to tear, to break. A shout for help came for their partners on the other boat, which was um, Andrew, James, and John, um, that, that, that were on the other boat. Um, a shout came for help from the, the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Peter, Simon Peter uh, realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For we were all struck by the number, for he was all struck by the number of fish that he had caught and um, were the others around with him. His partners, James and John, sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. Jesus said, replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishers um, for people or fishers of men, King James says. And as soon as they landed, they they left everything and followed Jesus. Man, there's so much good stuff in that scripture just right there. 
You can sit right there for a week or more just, just, and just chew on little pieces of that. So I try to preach different ways. Sometimes I'll preach a scripture. Sometimes I'll preach a topic. Sometimes I'll, I'll tell a story. Sometimes I'll tell a story with the scripture. So I try to do it because there's so many different people that learn different ways. I want you to learn new ways to, to learn. And also I want to teach the way that you like to learn. Okay. So today I'm going to kind of tell a story. I'm, I'm going to talk, talk about this story and bring out points in the middle. Oh, I forgot. Some people are three points in a poem. The old school way, and that's good too. But anyway... Um, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Scratch that off my list ever so again. Okay, but anyway, but it had been one of them nights, one of the futile, fruitless nights that they were out there. They were casting their nets out. Peter and, and, and Andrew and James and John, they were out there casting their nets all night long. And those, those nets are huge, okay? And, and they also, a lot of them have these little weights on them so it can sink to the bottom to catch all the fish. And then they have to physically pull them on. They're, it's not like today where they have that little wrench and they just pull it in that way. They had to physically pull it in. And um, uh, Rayford took us out once, the men's group, he took us out to, to fish and he had a big old net that he threw her out and we had to all, all of us drag it in, man. And after the second time, I was done. I said, y'all could go ahead and finish that. So when y'all young bucks can pull, I'm done. I'm going to hurt my back, man. You know, and so the, these guys were pulling it all night long and caught nothing. Okay? Nothing. They came back frustrated. Frustrated. You know, if you've ever been hunting or fishing or, or ladies. Okay, I want, to include, I, want, I want everybody to understand you're part of this. Ladies, if you, you ever went shopping all day long, well, I, I, I'm, that was done. You went shopping, right? Okay, but you ever went shopping and, and then at the end of the day found nothing? You know, okay, same thing. This, this, is how they, this is how these guys feel, okay? Okay, okay. but, the, but, but um, so they do that. They, they got all these nets in the weed, I mean, the nets and weeds and all kind of little itty-bitty crabs probably and little pinfish and stuff like that that's, that, that's no good. That's in this, and, they, and they're having to wash the nets, and they have to dry the nets. So they do that. They're so exhausted all night long, trying so hard to get it to make a little bit of money. And also, this man comes walking up on the, on the shore with, which is Jesus, with all his, with a whole bunch of people. And he's standing there, and he's looking at everybody, and, and he's trying to talk, and everybody can't hear him because what happens is that's why a lot of times he, he talks about how he was on a hillside talking because when he's up on a hill, his voice travels through the valley, okay. And whenever he he jumped on the boat. Okay, uh, he got in the boat and said, shove away a little bit because his voice can, can travel across water and uh, so everybody can hear him. And, and, and then it says he sat on the boat because whenever rabbis preached or when they taught, rabbis taught, they would always sit down and teach. Okay, so he sat on the bow of the boat. And <laughs> can you, I just, I just love this, this movie, The uh, Chosen, has really got me thinking because they show all kind of little pieces of scenes that could have possibly happened, right, that, that, that we just don't know if they did or not, but it showed because of their lifestyle what could have happened. So everything I read in the Bible now makes me think, what could, have, what could have happened in between here? And so I can just see they're so tired and they're exhausted, you know, and, and, they, and this man gets on a boat, and, you know, and he says, hey, I want you to push away, you know, I want you to launch out and go, and, and I'm, I'm just sure that Peter's like, really? Man, we're tired, man. We just been fishing, you know. So, so I, I know he, he's ready to go home. He, he, they, they went out there. They, they've already took all the nets. They, they've already cleaned them, and they're already drying them. Everything's ready to go home. And Jesus is like, "Hey, Peter, you know, because Peter had like a little fishing business, right? And so, so he said, "Let me get in your boat. Let's push it out a little bit." So he did that. He didn't give him a lot of flack about that. 
But he just he said, yes, sir. So Simon launched out. Then, then after that was over and after he taught everybody, we don't know what he said. We don't know what Jesus taught. It doesn't tell us, but I'm sure he was teaching about the kingdom, right? You know, the kingdom to come. But So then it says, Simon, launch out into the deep and, so, and let down your nets for a draft or for a catch. Now, Peter was polite and, but accommodating. But at the same time, he's, you know, he's, like, he's like, look, Lord, you, you, you know what he was thinking. Lord, you're a good teacher. You know, I know you just were at my mom, mama-in-law's house and you, you healed her. You, you, I see, you, I've heard that you cast out demons. You're a preacher. You're, you know, you're maybe a rabbi. You're, you're, you're I don't know, a prophet. He, he's thinking all these things, but you ain't a fisherman. You ain't never thrown a, a net. This is what I do. I do this all the time. I know what I'm doing. I don't need your help. We, we, this is not the time of day to, to, to catch fish. You're supposed to catch at nighttime. You don't catch by, you catch closer to the shore. You got me out here in the deep. It's, it's, I, you catch them at nighttime. It's, it's in the daytime. So, so I know what I'm doing. So, and you're like, yeah, that's kind of dumb, ain't it, for him to say that. But don't we say that to God? That, that, that we're like, I got this. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. I know how to handle this, God. I don't want you. God's like, here, I need you to do No, no, no. I don't need you to tell me what to do because I know what I'm doing. Right? We like, to, we like to separate that a lot of times. But I'm, but I'm a fisherman. I know, these, I know the, the, the fish's habits. I know the Sea of Galilee. I know what happens. I know the temperature. I know everything about it. I fish here. But also, during that same time, Peter was admitting his failure, right? Oh, I know what I'm doing. But I ain't catch nothing. I'm a professional, but I didn't catch anything. Have you ever had one of those days when you, when you felt like everything just went wrong? You did what you knew to do in your business, in your life, in your marriage, or whatever, whatever it is. You've done everything that you knew to do, and you feel like it still, you still failed. That at the end of the day, you ever went home at the end of the day, ladies or gentlemen, and, and you sit there and you're like, <laughs> that was just a waste of the day. I did the things I was supposed to do. I did what I know to do, but I feel fruitless. Well, Peter had that kind of night. And, and he had had it, and, 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 he, and he's talking to this man who probably, Jesus probably had never thrown a net out. And he, he's probably never even fished, but he was telling him what to do. But he did, even though he mildly ejected, he did obey, the, and, he, and I love this. I love, I just, I don't know, this has gripped me ever since I started re reading, the, reading this and studying this. He said, but Lord, at your word. I think that needs to be something that we at least as a church, and every, everybody watching out is our church, that we, that we begin to start saying. When God speaks to you, or you, you read something in the Word of God, we need, to be, we need to say, Lord, at your word, I'll do what you say. I will obey at your word. What, what, but what, listen, see, because at his word, the world was formed. At his world, light came in. At his world, those fish were put in that, that, that thing. Do you think that when he, be, the, see, the thing is, is, is that we forget that, yeah, he created the fish in the oceans. and the, He understands all that. He created them. You don't think he can command them? His knowledge and his understanding of these waters of the fish was fruitless, but he still obeyed. His experience was, his, his experience was telling him one thing. I know it's not going to work, but... There's something about this man. There's something about him. I, I can't, I just can't fight him any more than, 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 than my, my, my common sense just tried to because there's something about him and, and it didn't make sense. But nevertheless, Lord, at your word. That, 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 
Those three words have became so powerful to me in the last week. At your word. At your word, I will let down this net. And when they had done that, immediately they got such a great number of uh, amount of fish that the, the nets began to break. Now, <clears throat> they had it in salt water. The nets were in salt water. So if they didn't wash and dry the nets with that big amount of fish, what would happen? They would crack and be brittle and break, right? So they, 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 every time they get out, they're like, hey, I'm sure Andrew or Peter, somebody just said, hey, guys, let's just leave the nets here this time. Let's just go on back to the house and, and get some, I'm tired and get some sleep. But the thing is, is every time that they came out of the water, they always washed and dried the net so they would be fresh and they would, be, they would st still stay together in a big catch if you ever had one. Sometimes in your life, you may be going through life doing the same thing over and over and over and, not real, and, act, and feeling like, man, this ain't really doing nothing. I'm just washing the nets. I'm drying the nets. I'm washing the nets and drying. Wax on, wax off. Grasshopper. You know what I'm saying? You got the karate kid. You know, that, that he was doing stuff. He didn't make sense. Man, this is ridiculous. Take your coat on. Take it off. Hang it up. Put it down. He's like, this is so stupid. But he did not realize that that constant amount of, of, of things that he felt that he didn't understand and didn't make sense to him one day would be used for his protection. See? And now I'm, I'm hearing there's another movie called Cobra Kai. I've got to try to watch that. It's a whole episode. But anyway. But, but so, so the thing is, is, is there's things in our life that we do on a regular, read the Bible, read the Bible, pray, 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 read the Bible, read the Bible, pray, pray, pray. And, and we're like, it's, you know, I'm doing it, but I'm not, nothing's happening. Hey, you got to act right, live right, walk right, talk right. you got to try to live this Christian life, and it's getting so hard. And Well, maybe just today I can take off. You take off one day, and it can, it can detrimentally affect your soul for eternity. Peter had, had, he'd never seen so many fish in his life, and he was so excited, and at first he didn't even comprehend, he was like, what? And then he started screaming, hey, and James, John, come on, y'all got to help me get his fish in. There's so many, they're sort of popping like crazy. He called for his partners, and, and it got so much that both ships began to sink. They, had to, they, had, they, they were starting to get weighted down, they were having to take water and, and, and bail them out. This man that was sitting on this ship was no ordinary man. And this, this revelation began to, to pull at, at, at Peter's heart. He's sitting here, and he's hearing this, and he's seeing this. And he's just like, wow, this full revelation came, began now that we're at later on whenever, whenever um, Christ looked at his disciples and said, who do you say I am? At Caesarea Philippi? Well, what, what did Peter say later on? You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And the revelation began at this moment, and he fell down to his knees and said, God, depart from me. I am a sinful man. And recognition of who Jesus was became, of, um, became what he is. So you never truly see yourself until you see yourself in the light of Christ. You never see yourself who you really are until you're in the presence of God. Why do you think people get saved? People come to this church that's gotten saved and every other church that gets saved in. Nobody, no, that's it. there are some. Some people say, I want to go to church to get saved. I understand that. But most people that get saved don't come to church to get saved. They come because they got invited or whatever, whatever. But when the presence of God starts moving, they see themselves. Amen. And they feel conviction. They're like, whoa, I'm not what I thought I was. I've got sin in my life. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel fear. And, and the presence of God brings all this stuff up in them. And they see themselves. It's kind of like you ever looked at yourself in a, you're looking in a mirror trying to find something, you know, on your face and, and a little 40-watt bulb and you can't, and you look pretty good. 
So you change it, and you put a 100-watt bulb, and you're like, oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> All your little cracks and crevices and your wrinkles and everything shows up. On social media, there's a little thing on TikTok, and it's, and it's got beauty mode. <clears throat> and I have mine on, and I cut it off, and it don't change. <laughs> so I'm like, does that mean I'm just gorgeous? Or does that mean there ain't no help for me? I think it's the latter. You know, but, but, so, but the thing is, but when we, when we put ourselves in the light of, what did Isaiah say? Whenever, whenever it said in Isaiah that it says that, that in the day of, that Uzziah um, died, I saw the, the, the temple, um, I saw the train fill the temple, he, and he was high and lifted up. And he looked and he said, woe is me, I am undone. Not just sinners, not just non-believers, but as Christians, when we enter into the presence of God, we should see ourselves differently. All of our sin, all of our stuff, all of our... Even, even though you're saved and you're, you're living a pretty good life, we still should say, God, as good as I'm trying to live my life, I'm still undone in your presence because you are so bright and so pure. My, my, my life compared to the purity of your life cannot even match a little bit. I'm undone. Sometimes we need to say that. For our own pride to remind ourselves that we are nothing without him our problem is that we usually see ourselves in the light of each other see when i look at you i'm like well i ain't that bad you look at me you're like well hey he's a pleasure if he's if he's that dumb then hey i guess i'm okay you know, we look at each other, and we're like, we're like, we can make ourselves feel better because we gauge ourselves against each other. But when the great, great God, Jehovah, God Almighty, El Shaddai, walks in the room, all of a sudden, we can't compare ourselves to him. All of a sudden, then we realize how undone we are. And Lord, whatever you say, Lord, at your word, I will do it. That's why I constantly say, and, and I was talking to, to Ethan the other day, and I was telling him about, I was telling him, man, we got to pray Psalms 139, the last two verses at the end of that chapter. Search me, O Lord, try me, know my heart. See every wicked way in me and lead me to the way everlasting if there's anything wrong. So the thing is, is we got to constantly say, God, hey, I see myself, and I don't see a lot going on right now. I feel like in this season, maybe I'm living okay, or maybe you see some stuff. But you say, God, search my heart. God, try me. Know my every thought. If there's anything in me, God, that's wicked, that's not right, Lord, let your light shine on me so I can spiritually see that I'm not living the way I should so I can change, so I can take care of it. Help me, Lord. Don't let me live this way. We've got to constantly be asking God to put us on that potter's wheel and chip and mold and, 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 and mold us into what he wants us to be. But Jesus talked about, about the men not wanting to come into the light because they love the darkness. Why do some people not come to Christ? Because they love the darkness. They love being in control of their own destiny, supposedly. They love the sin. They love the flesh feel. They love that. They don't want to come to Christ. They don't want to get any better. Well, I'm saved, and then after that, they're like, well, that's good. I want to stay close to the line in case I ever need a refresher. Where, where they don't realize that refreshing is way on the other side into the deep where Christ is at. And he looked at him and said, that, that you, for now on you will be fishers of men. As soon as he, Peter acknowledged his sin, Christ cleansed him and called her to a higher avocation. You may be working in a school or in a college or a teacher or, or you may be in, 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 in a, 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 a warehouse or you may be in a, in a department store, you may be a secretary or 
or whatever you may wear. You may be an IT guy, whatever you are. Whenever you come to Christ, he, he brings you up to a higher calling than that. That's still what you do. But the higher calling supersedes what you do here in life. And we've got to realize that that's greater. What God's called, this is my job and all this stuff is wonderful and that's great. But I've got a higher calling than just that. And Peter said, I am a sinful man. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. You're going to be catchers, uh, fishers of men. I'm always, I'm always amazed at, at, um, at um, let me, this is driving me crazy down here. I'm always amazed at, um, I'm, I'm ADD, but I can't take it. I drop, think about it the whole day. I won't be able to preach because I'm like, I guess it's still inside. Okay, but, but the thing is, is that, that I'm amazed at the people that, that Christ draws. If you think about all the fishermen, you, you know, you got, you got Peter and James. You got all these guys, are all, a lot of them are just fussing, cussing fishermen. You know, you, you got Luke, he's a doctor. You got Matthew, he's an he's a evil tax collector. He, he's raped, taking people for money and, 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 and raking them off and taking more money than he should. All these people that are bad. That's a, how about David's mighty men? If you go back, they were all ferocious ballers, man. They were horrible. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing is, is that, that they were, you know, and so that's why today I don't understand why people get amazed that whenever God brings the brawler, the street fighter, or, 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 the, or the, the drug addict, or the alcoholic to Christ and uses them well beyond. Because that's what he does. He takes the broken and fixes them. Well, why don't he take, so, well, he does use other people. But the problem with people who are already somewhat whole and not so broken, they think they don't need him. I, I got this, God. Don't tell me how to do this. I got this. And so we get in a situation that, that, we, that we don't need his help. And so he's like, well, then when, you, when, you're done, when you're done, son, let me know, and, I, and I'll help you, and I can use you. But as long as you think that you know it all. But see, the broken, whenever you, you got, you're, you're, you're an alcoholic, and you're, you're a drug addict, and you're a street fighter, you're brought, you just got all this stuff going on, and you got all this evil in your life. Man, you're so broken, you, you, just, you just take him at his word, and you're like, at your word, Lord. <clears throat> and we see this fulfilled in Peter's life. As he was catching out, Christ said that, but then in, in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 men um, came to Christ, and then Acts chapter uh, 4, 5,000 people came to Christ, not including women and children, so maybe twelve to 15,000. He went from catching a little bit of fish to catching, and all of a sudden now he's gone over here, and now he's, he's catching 8,000 8, people in two chapters. I don't know how long that is, in two chapters. More than that, because it was probably 20,000 based, based on the, the, you know, the women and children not being counted in that number. Man, because God said he's going to do it, and he did it. And what was amazing after that, <clears throat> whenever he did that, he, they did all that, and so they were like, man, 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 what's so exciting. And then Christ just said, follow me. They left their business. They left their dad, their family. They left everything to go follow Christ. They just left it. They, have, they had all that money there. Now, the chosen says it was possibly for back tax and all that. We don't know all that kind of stuff. But, but the thing is, he had a ton of money sitting in that boat. And they were so in awe and taken back by Christ and recognized who he truly was and realized that he was way more of a provider than just that little boat of fish would have been. I know I love the fact that in, in the chosen, Peter, as they're walking off, Peter says, can you do that a couple more times, please? 
And this was, I just thought that was funny. I could just see Peter like, can we do that again? I mean, maybe do it, I can make lots of money. But he said, he called them. And when he said, follow me, man, they just left everything. If Christ had not arrived yet, and he arrived today, and came in here and performed a miracle, would you leave all that you have to follow him? Would you recognize him so much? And I'm not saying leave your family. They were still, with, they were still part of the family. They just followed him. On, they joined his team. They didn't like forsake anybody and, and never see him again. But they went on a journey with him. <clears throat> so would you, would you follow him? Would you see him? Would you be willing? Are you so caught up in what, where you're at in your life and what you think is right that you, don't, you wouldn't do that? You know, I, I've, I've done that before. I, I've tried to, some less, the lessons that we can learn is that we can learn that our own skills and knowledge and efforts can be a total failure. I have tried before. When I was a youth pastor, I went up and tried in my own ability to try to, and, you know, to preach to the kids and, and, and without, without really wanting the anointing of God because I felt like I, I had it. I knew what I was doing, and, and I got up there, and, and, and nothing happened. And then I've gotten up there, at, 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 at pre I preached at youth, at youth camps with 500, 500,000 kids out there, and I had hundreds come to the altar and get saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the difference? Because I didn't do it in my own skill, in my own experience. When I'm up here to, to you, I do everything I can to put Pastor Doug aside and totally be submitted to him and say, Lord, at your word, I'll say and do what you want me to do. I want, I'm up here totally submitted to him. That's why I say stuff so sometimes, and you're like, because you didn't, can't believe I said it, because I, it, I just tell, I'm just telling you what he said. I study, I do my part. I, I study to show myself approved. I try to go find stuff and find facts and do things and study and, and look at other, other things and situations to try to bring some more information in. But, but the whole time I'm up here, I'm submitted to him and at his word. I'm going to drop the net to y'all. What a vast difference it makes in our lives when we say, Lord, at your word, I'll do it. We, we cast in the same place every day. We, we cast our nets the same place every day, the same way every day. And God's trying to tell us the difference is that, you know what, I'm involved in this. And if you do it where I tell you to do it, you're always going to be successful. Instead of it being directed towards me, it's directed towards him. Faith acts upon the word of God. You know, there's a simple command that he gave, and it was just launch out into the deep. Me and my, my best friend, Philip Britt, was sitting on the golf course right over here at Municipal um, when I was about, I don't know, I forget how old I was, about 2000, 1998, whatever, that many years ago. We're sitting there, and we were kind of, we were part-time at the church. We were staying at the church part-time. I'm working at the church part-time, and Phil, I was sitting in my car sideways with my feet out. Phil was standing there with his arm on the door. He said, Doug, man, when are we going to do this? I was like, what are you talking about, man? He said, when are we going to go full-time? He said, we both know we're full-time. When are we going to do it? And I said, man, I, I'm scared. He said, I am too. I said, but if we don't ever do it, we won't never do it. And he said, that's right. I said, well, let's do it. <laughs> he said, let's do it. And we did it. 
You know, you know, then that's that's how it happened. I was I was scared to do that. I, you know, you know, then I became a a, a, a children's I'm a youth pastor, and, and and then I was a, you know later on I was associate pastor, and I was scared to even to be associate pastor. I was like, man, you deal with adults. I deal with teenagers, man. You know, when it, then when it when it came to for me to, to plant this church, man, that was another launch thing for me. I was like, no, 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 no. Literally, I was like, God, I know what I'm doing. I'm pretty daggone good now. I got 200 teenagers, you know, in, in a youth group. I know I know how to I know how to run a children, a youth ministry. I, I, could, I got this. I'm, I'm good. I'm getting called now to, to preach at, at, at youth, youth conferences and, and uh, youth camps. And, and man, I'm, I'm on the state youth board. And I, I know what I'm doing. I know, I'm good right here. And he's like, I'm calling you to something deeper. Not that youth isn't deep, but in my situation, it was time for me to say, because I was, was going to be a 95-year-old youth pastor. I, I, was not, I was not concerned about trying to, trying to use teenagers as my stepping stone. And God said, you got to go deeper. And I took that step, and it's the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life. But how, you know, and, and when, since I'm here, I've, we've done some bold things. You know, we went out here and gave $1,200 of free gas out. We went over here and paid for everybody's laundromat stuff. You know, we've had to, we, we did the big old massive um, uh, funnel cake festival that we can't have this year because of COVID and stuff. We've done some things that's way bigger than us. And we're going to keep doing things that's way bigger than us, things that, that put, pushes us out way into the deep. Why? Because small churches fail because they're scared to go out into the deep and do what God's called them to do. They're happy with what they got. They're happy with their, their, their 12 and 12 in, in the door no more. They're, they're, they don't want to go out. They, they don't mind ministering from the doorsteps. But they don't want to go out through the streets and to, to the inner city and minister. And we're going to do that. We, we do that. We, we, I, one of my favorite places in town to minister is, is when, whenever we go with, with, with Pastor Jameson, we go to Creekwood and, 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 all, and the north side. Man, I love, man, those are some of the greatest people over there. Yes, there's some trouble, but everybody else is not, yeah, but hey, it's, that's how it is everywhere. Everywhere you go is the same way. There's trouble, but there's everybody, that's not everybody. And I love them people over there. So, Miss, Miss uh, Glendora, she's a, the she's a president over there. Man, I just love, they're just such good people. And they need Christ. And they want Christ. And we're going to step out and we're going to go out into the deep. And, and, and because they never asked God and trusted God for anything big, they're never going to be anything big. But we're going to ask God. We're going to believe God for big and mighty things. That's why uh, we're, uh, we, January will be five years. But right now, that's a small church. We should be probably shutting down or, or being way behind. But, but we, we are a little bit behind, but we're not far behind because of the fact that God's in this thing. And we're trusting him, and we're going out into the deep, and we're still ministering. Instead of saying, oh, we've got to keep all of our money. No, I'm still trying to bless people who need it and, and help and do the things that we can to do things and make things better. Now, I'm not, I'm not just crazy. I don't, I'm not going to just lose my, my, my wits about it. But God wants to use your boat and make that a pulpit. God wants to step onto your boat and know, can I get on your boat and preach through you? Through your ability, through your business, through who you are? But we have a sinful nature. Until we humbly come to him and surrender everything, we'll never be able to do what God's called us to do. And here's another thing. This is something that really, really made me think. One reason that's, that's why, that because Christ does, we surrender to Christ on all spiritual matters. When God speaks to us about spiritual matters, at your word, Lord. But he speaks to you about something on your job, or in your marriage, or with your kids, 
or with your entertainment or with your social media. Hey, I, oh, no, you're the spiritual God. You're, you're, you're the spiritual. You help me with all my spiritual stuff. You heal me. You provide. And, but, but I got this secular part. You're the spiritual. I'm the secular. That's what, that's what Peter was saying. God wants to be in every single part of your life. And we have to listen to him in every single part of our life. Even in the secular part of our life, we got to say, at your word, Lord. At your word, Lord. He wants to rule it all. Your finances, your, 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 your marriage, your, your internet habits, your, your preferences, your entertainment, your, your spouse, your choices of spouse, your, your, your studies, your everything, everything in your life, your job, everything. He wants to be a part of it. He's not a part-time God. But, and if you want to be commissioned, and you want to, I want to do great things for God, commission only comes after confession. You got to confess. God, at your word, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. God is calling us today and calling you today, us as a church and you as an individual, to deeper surrender, to deeper waters. We are so comfortable hugging the shore and doing what's comfortable. And God's like, I want to get you out into the deep and allow you to go into the deep and let me be with you and you have to totally depend upon me. So I'm challenging us as a church today to go into the deep and really trust God and go big or go home. And I'm, I'm challenging you to do the same thing. To begin to trust God in every part of your life. And, and look at him on a regular basis and say, Lord, at your word. First off, before you say that, you say, woe is me, Lord. But at your word. We got to do that, guys. We got You are better. Everyone in here is amazing. But with, with God's, with, with our total surrender and God's control, we're, we're even better than we are right now. God's got so much better for us. And he wants to use us. And he wants to use, he's already wanting to use a little forest back there, a little new baby that is here for the first time in church today. He's got plans for forest. But we got to do our part first. Would you bow your hand, close your eyes? Oh, he heard, he heard me call his name. <laughs> is there anybody here at all that would say, Pastor, like, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am in awe. I realize woe is me right now, and I realize I am nothing without him, and I thought I was together, but I'm really not, and I want to receive Christ. I want Christ to come in my heart. I want him to cleanse me. I want to, I want to experience this situation you're talking about. I want to be part of that. If that's you, you can raise your hand online. You, you, you can... You message me privately or if you're in this room if you're just going to raise your hand and I'll see your name I won't embarrass you but we'll talk amen let me, raise, let me see your hands did somebody just raise their hand up alright yes I see that hand anybody else anybody else want to receive Christ today yes amen Anybody else? 
just, if you just raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me, and everybody in this room can pray it together if you want, just for, for, for everybody to, to be a part. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. At your word, Lord, I will drop it all and come to you. I commit to change my life the best I can. And I will honor you and serve you all my days. And Satan, I renounce you and I renounce my past life. You're a liar and you're defeated. I no longer serve you, I serve Jesus. I'm a Christian. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The souls receive Christ today. Praise God. What greater could come out of a day? Look at there. We caught a fish. <laughs> praise God, a big fish. So praise God for that.